Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. Threw me for a loop there on that intro. I was I'm not expecting that. I'm always throwing you for a loop, the loop. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> so we are in the midst of a snowstorm here in Michigan. I don't know if anybody. It was just spring, like last week. Literally, the snow was melting, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great. I'm mm-hmm. tired of all this snow." Because what people don't understand is, when you live in a place like this, you're one of many things. Right, Your car is constantly deteriorating because there's salt on the road that gets on the car. So when you get home like the next day or that same day, you got to go and rinse off your car. In the freezing cold. In the freezing cold. But the point is mute or what's it? The point is mute? The point is mood? Mute. The point is anyway. I don't know. You rinse off your car, but you got to do it the next day anyway, right? Because you're going to inevitably drive your car again. Mm -hmm. But then it's also like every time you walk in your car, there's snow on your shoes. So you're going to get stuff in your car. So it's almost impossible to keep your car clean during the winter season. Oh, because we bought a brand new car. So I'm like going insane with this right now. And then like just coming in and out of your house, you're always tracking in snow. You have to always be super bundled up. Like... Even And now since it's, it is such a winter storm, we always have to take the better vehicle because the roads are so bad. Mm-hmm. And since I've been working out here, you know, uh, state police, a lot of people are in ditches, a lot of collisions mm-hmm. and everything because the roads are bad. And what will happen is like you'll have a stretch of road, for example, that is clear for a half mile. Mm-hmm. And so in your mind, you're like, oh, the road is fine. And then you'll, you'll push it up to like 50, 55. And then next thing you know, it's either a sheet of ice coming up or just a big pile of snow. And then that's how accidents happen. So anyway, that was my quick rant. on. Uh, <laughs> how do you think people from California would do driving in the Midwest? Oh, it would be a nightmare. So in all those places, well, in California, let's say like the Los Angeles area in Southern mm-hmm. California, or even like in Louisiana or places that are like normally warm, when anything even remotely like this happens, let's say just a little bit of snow, or right? Or, or frozen rain. Mm-hmm. I mean, roads shut down. I mean, that happens in Louisiana. Sometimes in the winter, if there's any type of snow like that, they'll shut the roads down, schools are closed, whatever. Just because they don't know how to like go around it? Well, or is it... Is it the road design to be... No, it's because the the, the government there, let's mm-hmm. say the state government, knows that people in that area aren't accustomed to driving in those conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's more of a hazard to have them on the road than off the road. 
And because it doesn't happen as frequently, it's okay to let's say, oh, we're going to shut down school today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't happen often for that reason. True. We get a lot of snow days here. And yeah. Also, like driving in New York, I couldn't do. Oh, well. Because of the traffic. So you they mean should, like Manhattan and they like. They need to like shut it down if it was ever to get like that here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the traffic, them honking, them we- like weaving in and, ar- in and out around pedestrians. I just don't get how they're not crashing all the time. You know, and I've always thought like, what if, what if in New York, what if they said, okay, let's, let me, let me not generalize. New York is huge. We've been yeah, to parts yeah, of New York okay, where you can so, drive. Yeah, let's yeah. say Manhattan, right? Okay, Manhattan yeah. or that, th- those areas, right? Or Staten Island or, or whatever. If they said no cars, more so Manhattan, mm-hmm. no cars. You can't mm-hmm. have any cars there. All the transportation is going to be public transportation mm-hmm. or like uh, maybe mopeds. Right. Right. You can the, the the most the biggest vehicle you can have there is like a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my coffee in the background. Sorry. <laughs> very very natural organic feel that we have here on Coco Caliente. <laughs> but that would be crazy. Like, what if they said no car? Because I I remember I saw something online and it was like a picture and I think this was in uh, in Japan. I think it was in Japan. I'm not sure, but it basically it said it showed a picture and it showed all the like the polluted air. Right. Oh. Okay, and then it said the government said this, these cars can't be on the road. Like all the cars there couldn't be on the road. I think it was for like two days because okay. they were going to do a World War II memorial and they were going to take a picture. Right, they were going to have a, like a World War II memorial parade or something like that. Mm-hmm. So two days later, they took the exact same spot. They took a picture, and the sky was like completely clear blue. Oh, that's sad. For just after two days. Just after two days. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that is crazy. How many emissions that we have? in the in the world because of that i don't know that's why i kind of that's why i like living up here because the air is fresh and it's pure i heard on the radio that they're thinking about getting rid of the parallel parking in a driving test which is kind of crazy i don't know if it's a michigan thing this is wow, so random that was that was very <laughs> off the wall i thought you were gonna say something like i heard in michigan they were gonna like cap emissions or no whatever. i just i heard that the other day <laughs> Let, okay because there's not a lot of so where we live you don't have to parallel park and a lot of people fail their driving test i guess repeatedly because of the parallel parking um so they are very highly thinking about removing it wow that is interesting and i will say not to toot my own horn but you can attest to this i am an amazing parallel parker i think i am too well you don't do it as often no but you like you remember like when i drove britney's car and i parked in what was like oh yeah you are there's like no space you're a very good driver i need there to be a lot of space and i need there to be a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) but if there is i'm fine it reminds me of like when michael scott there's this huge open parallel like spot and he pulls up next to it and he starts backing up and he has it all jacked up and then he's like not too small and he leaves (laughs) (laughs) yeah well what the key is is pulling up to the car's mirror and then starting. Yeah, so pull up as pretty much really close mm-hmm. to the car that's in front. Pull up to him, mm-hmm. but you got to come. And it's not even that. It's not just pulling up next to him. It's the angle that you start reversing in, right? So if yeah. you cut it really close, it's too close because then you're already hitting the curb before you can straighten out. But if you go too wide, you're not in the spot and like half your car is out in the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do that a lot. But also I think it's 
now that we have like a camera for backing up and I've never had a camera like that, that helps so much. Oh my God. You guys should see Nicole the first time she saw the camera. She's like, this is too much. I can't look at the camera and look at the mirrors at the same time. I'm going to crash. And I'm like, babe, (laughs) this car has all types of sensors on it. It was overwhelming. It beeps. Like if you get too close to something, you can see what's going, you know, behind you. It gives you the lines where it's like red is bad. Yellow is close. Green is good. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. The, I didn't know what the colors meant still. <laughs> really? Are you kidding me? Yes. Oh, my God. Honestly, I'm just so used to looking in my mirrors <laughs> and like driving the old-fashioned way that any camera is just throwing me off. <laughs> I do like when it beeps if I get too close to something, though. I've used that quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> that scares me. That, it, it honestly, every time Nicole takes our car, like the new one out, and I'm, in my head, I'm in here like... Is today going to be the day? Is today going to be the day? Nicole's going to be like, look, there's a minor scratch on it. And then I go out there and like, we got to replace the door, right? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have never been in an accident or caused an accident or anything like that. I have been in an accident, but it was never my doing. Okay. So I've never been at fault for anything. I mean, the other time was our car was parked on the road and somebody hit it. Like oh, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I've never been in an actual like <laughs> I hit somebody and I'm, well, I lie. I reversed into somebody one time, but then they left. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> exactly. They, Who should we be worried about driving But no, that, that was one time and that was like in college. And that person, I guess they didn't even, they either were drinking or didn't have insurance because they left the scene of an accident. Okay. When you're driving, this is a long intro. I'm sorry, but this is kind of intriguing. Mm-hmm. When you're driving, for me, it's not like a relaxing place. It's more of let's get to the dang destination and let's get done what we need to do. So I've been trying to like relax more in the car and make it okay i like to cut off as much time as i can (laughs) weave in and out i do the things that you're not supposed to do just because i'm like the whole time i'm in the car my head is on the mission of getting to the location it's not oh we have a couple hours in the car let's listen to something yeah because see i'm the opposite i get in the car i get ready right before i even leave the driveway i make sure i got picked out what i'm going to listen to i know the route that i'm going to take and then I can enjoy the ride. Yes. You, you know are what I mean? Opposite. And like every time he drives, I'm thinking he is like a 120 year old woman. <laughs> and I Why? Because I drive so safe. I can't handle I just, you know what? Defensive driving, it's where it's at. Okay. The oh. speed is not, you know, speed is not one, it's dangerous. And two, it's unnecessary. It's sometimes dangerous to go as slow as you go, though, I think. No, I don't go that slow yes, for it to be do. dangerous, one. <laughs> and two, the speed, right? For example, you go, you accelerating to like 70 and then having to go back down to 55 and then accelerating again on little spurts that you can, that literally may save you like five minutes. I know, but I will tell you, a lot of times me going fast has saved me a bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean... That, the argument can be made. You don't, I know. You don't. Yeah, exactly. The argument can be made any way about anything, right? The, not wearing my seatbelt would have saved my life. Going faster could have. True. Going slower, you know, I. It's not. Yeah. I just think that you drive like a 20, 120 year old. And I will take and that. It's not any even a 120 year old man. I, I'll take that. I don't care. I, I get to where I need to be. I'm safe and I'm not like stressed out. So. Yeah. I need I mean, to work on that. I when guess. I have to get somewhere, I can get somewhere. But nine times out of ten, it's not like a life or death situation where I got to get somewhere. So I know for me, it just feels like some type of mission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with Best Fiends. I was actually playing it before. I swear to you, I was playing it before we started podcasting, and I said, Victor, 
I'm doing something really important right now. Like, don't. He was doing the dishes. I'm like, don't look at me like that. <laughs> Anyways, Best Fiends is such a fun game app. Victor, tell him a little bit about it. So it has puzzles. It makes you think. It's not repetitive. That It's always changing, and you get all these cool little characters, these mm-hmm. little bugs. I mean, it, it is a lot of fun, and I'm actually sad to say that Nicole has far surpassed me. I'm on level 147 now. Yeah, so I got I to gotta find more time to play. But what's cool about it is you can literally play whenever, wherever. So if you're, for example, we were on a flight to New York, yeah, so you I have did. no service, but you can still play. You can yeah. play offline. That's what I did. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's such a cool game and it's so engaging. And it's almost like they make the game for their players. Right? Yeah, they update the game monthly with new levels, new events. It never gets old. Even when it was Valentine's Day, like it turned into this cute yeah, like, Valentine's Day scene and everything. Uh-huh. And it's also like it engages my brain a lot. So I like that. It's something and it's an adult game. Yeah, because you'll have, for example, it'll be like, oh, I have four moves left. I have to connect these strawberries somehow. And I got to figure out the best way to use my four moves and still pass the level yeah. or I got to start over again. And then you, like Fake said, you collect tons of characters. You get to open them up from boxes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yay. And then you grow them. So you, you like give them your credit so that they can get older and better. And, um, Nicole watches like, she's like, Oh, they're growing. I like up. they're cuter when they're little. So it's like, I don't want them to grow up, but I need <laughs> them to grow up so I can pass the levels. But like strategically it's fun because you pick which ones you want to play in the game for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just download it. You guys. Yeah. It's- it, obviously it's a lot of fun. We we've been playing for quite a bit. So if you want to engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters, trust me with over a hundred million downloads, this five star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play download best fiends for free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends have fun all right well anyway (laughs) all this long-winded intro to introduce our guest he goes by flip his name is david aka flip rodriguez you may have seen him and you probably have without noticing Mm -hmm. i don't know because sometimes i don't know if you guys seen him and i well i've seen him too but you know how american ninja warrior kind of just like creeps up on you on the tv sometimes Mm -hmm. especially in like the hotel room when you turn the tv on it's like oh it's american ninja warrior and you're like oh all right, let's watch this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's then- <laughs> exactly when I watch it. That's so weird. <laughs> but it's like super interesting. But anyway, yeah. we have uh, David Flip Rodriguez. He's been on several episodes and seasons of American Ninja Warrior. He's writing a book, he's a motivational speaker. So we hope you guys enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to Coco Caliente Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry for the little snafu we had with the I first had a phone blonde, call. I had a blonde moment. I tried to. It was saying you didn't have an iPhone and then I don't. I did something wrong. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's right. a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so yes, uh, like I just said, we have our guest, David, aka Flip Rodriguez, a big American Knight. American Idol. <laughs> American Idol. It's actually, I legally changed my name to Flip. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's jump right into that because I am so, I've always been intrigued on people changing their names. So how does that work? Like, do you just go to the judge and be like, hey, judge, I want to change my name to Flip? <laughs> well, if, it's a lot of paperwork, really. But you fill out a paperwork, you go to the courthouse, and then you get an appointment to see a judge, and then... You say you basically just hand them the paperwork and then they just review it and then they say, Hey, you've been approved, come pick up your paperwork. Oh, oh. that's a whole lot easier than I ever thought it would be. 
I mean, yeah, I, it's just time-consuming, really. When I bet the the back end of it too, like you got to get a new driver's license, social security card, like credit cards, and all that, right? Everything, everything. Yeah. It's still a mission. I'm <laughs> okay. still not done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So that's interesting. So let's go back before Ninja Warrior. This is what I like to do. So I like to go back and yep. get to know you, and like because. Everybody knows you from Ninja Warrior, and then from there, you know, stuntman, now book, and motivational speaker. But let's get back to the raw brass tacks. Like, what were you doing before American Ninja Warrior? Uh, well, I was just your average uh, street kid playing outside, uh, getting in trouble, jumping in people's yards, you know, playing the average uh, manhunt, and then creating games, obviously. And then uh, at the age of 19, actually, I got into a sport called parkour and freerunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that took shine because um, I didn't really have anything else, I would say, satisfying in my life besides that at the moment. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, down the line, uh, three years later, I was 21. Uh, we did a TV show, a TV competition in the parkour and freerunning world called Jump City Seattle. And then uh ninja warrior happened to see that show because that show was on the same channel ninja warrior was on okay and they actually called everybody on jump city seattle to try and compete on the show this was before ninja warrior became american ninja warrior today <laughs> oh that's actually really interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so luckily i got into it before it became a thing so because what's funny is I remember when parkour first came out and you start seeing all these YouTube videos and people are just running around, jumping, doing these crazy flips off stuff. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of like the parkour fail videos. Those seem, so very, <laughs> seem very painful. But then the, like on The Office, like they talk about parkour too. Oh, yeah. That's where I've heard it. I was like, where did I hear oh, this geez. from? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, parkour, parkour, you know. Um, yeah. And it's just really crazy because I, I know like I would always always love to do that stuff but there's a story that I, I told nicole i remember one time i wanted just to learn to do a backflip right and then i, yep. I go on youtube and because i at that time i was learning how to do so many things on youtube <laughs> and so i was so excited i was like oh i can conquer anything right and then yep. i go through the motions i tell my dad all right look i just need you to assist me in doing these backflips a couple times and then i can do it myself and he's like all right <laughs> i did it a couple times he's like you could do it now and then i go i jump <laughs> high and i land right on my back i think i like fractured something and then that was the end of my uh parkour journey (laughs) just like any any other sport it's you know comes with fear boundaries and parkour has one of the biggest fear boundaries uh so when you have a spot and then you actually go to do yourself it actually increases your fear because now you know there's no one to catch you if you fall yeah no that makes sense absolutely probably more likely to fall then because you're just thinking about falling yeah yeah right right. so it's a big mental game really is what parkour and that's what really intrigued me uh into staying into it but even more so coaching it because you get these kids that are six seven five years old and now you get to strike what they don't even know yet as the word fear and then they they learn that fear is not real Mm -hmm. okay right so like you're teaching them live tools at that point so if you if you're a really good coach those are kind of some of the things that you start coaching them with and and then that, that helps them become better human beings in the long run. Absolutely. And you have yourself have history with fear, hence the mask that you started wearing, you know, when you started American Ninja Warrior. Can you tell us and open up a little bit about that from before any of that started? 
Yeah, so uh, what a lot of people don't know is that the mask was actually way before Ninja Warrior. I had the mask during my parkour and free running days. Oh. Uh, it just happened to become a thing after I aired on American Ninja Warrior Season 3. Okay. Right? So that's when all the questions were happening, like, what's wrong with this kid? Like, why is he wearing masks? Yada, yada, yada. He's yeah. weird. You know, actually, I was in boot camp of Season 3, and I was actually last pick. Oh, for like the schoolyard pick, right? I was kind of like that 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 kid that wasn't talented enough to get picked first, so I was yeah. last pick. And then you look down the road now, and I'm I'm one of the top players yeah. in the show. <laughs> first right? pick, yeah. first pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know uh, that in Ninja Warrior just made it a thing. I have videos long before Ninja Warrior was uh, on my radar, and. Hi, doggy. <laughs> yeah, that that's our dog. She makes she makes it yeah. uh, she makes it real for us here on on the show sometimes. Yeah. Hey, listen, I love it. <laughs> um, so so Ninja Warrior made it what it is today, um, but I had it long before. And then Ninja Warrior, you know, I think I was on the show for three seasons before I took the mask off. Oh, okay. And then I took off the mask and they didn't really say why I took the mask off. And then on the next following season is kind of where i had a big conversation with one of the producers uh called his name is jd okay and um he was like hey listen man i know there's a story to it and trust me man i'll do this right like you gotta believe in me like i'm not gonna do anything to make this you know not tasteful etc and i was like man listen, all right if 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 you're about it then here you go man it's gonna be a big pill to swallow you know and then that's when i opened up about my my sexual trauma my sexual abuse as a kid and you know that's kind of one of the one of the things that you really don't know what's going to happen until it happens yeah and, uh, i luckily he was very patient with me you know because uh i don't know if you know you know anybody personally has gone through something like that but that's mm-hmm. for somebody who has never spoke about it it's very difficult to say those words for yourself for the first time absolutely so there it was he's, he he made it very comfortable as possible, obviously, uh, where he said, listen, it's just myself, one camera guy and a camera. That's it. We'll have this interview. We'll do it this way. Uh, so you feel most comfortable. And I felt so bad. But, you know, it's just something you can't you can't you can't just, hey, just say it. Right. So it's like I spent one hour just tears in front of camera after he's like, hey, so talk to me. Uh, tell me your story. And it's like, uh, you know, you're just there like. <laughs> like a, almost like a therapy session really yeah. and, and you, you 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 don't want to say it because like you i knew that at that time ninja warrior was having millions of eyes on them yeah right so i knew as soon as i said it to camera that that was it like my it decision had there. been made mm-hmm. yep and there's nothing i could do about it so uh you know luckily you gotta you you know i've met the right people in my life where i can have these real conversations like my best friend sly lewis like he was one of the ones that I, I really leaned on for that kind of decision without really telling him like what had happened. He, he was kind of smart enough. And he kind of put two and two together, mm-hmm. you know, he, and the one thing that I love about having him is that he's always going to be real. Like if you always have that one person that's going to be real with you and say, listen, this could be the outcome, but this could also be the outcome. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of giving you your options. Cause the one thing that I've learned in life for every action, there's a reaction. Yep. So if my action is to say my story on national television, I have to now understand that the reaction could potentially be negative or positive or both. Mm-hmm. Right. And then with my story, my family's involved. So like, I'm like, now 
I got to figure out if I'm okay with the punishment that's going to come from my family. If there was a punishment even coming, I have no idea. You know, in those situations, you always think the worst of everything. And that's what we've been taught since we, before we could even walk. Absolutely. You can't do this. Don't run. Don't do this. You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. And like, we're conditioned to, to be afraid of things. And that holds us from being back. That holds us from being the persons we, we, we could potentially be uh, in the long haul. And you know, having somebody that's going to be real with you, I think, is a very important key to life. Uh, you know, for me, it's only just one. Per- it was only just him that's you know consistently been real with me, and uh, you know that's that's altered my life in such a positive way that I this, I just could never repay him. Even if I become a billionaire and give him a million dollars, it is not enough to repay him for what yeah. he's done for me. You know, absolutely. So I think. I think having somebody like a, like the JD producer, you know, having a Sly Lewis in your life and, you know, everyone's those, those people kind of just sticking around, letting you know, like, Hey, listen, it's okay. Like that doesn't make you who you are. And then that kind of branches out to like, Oh really? Like now I don't have to hide. So now I can tell my story. And then you kind of like go to the world and you tell your story and then you're waiting for feedback. And then all of a sudden air date comes and then social media just like blows up. And I just remember, once once the interview came out, my social media just like blew up. My phone blew up. Like I had family, everybody calling me. And the most incredible thing that happened that night is not one single negative comment. Oh, that that's amazing. That is that's really right. good to hear. Yeah, that is truly amazing. And and because the the fact that you're able to do that because what what science and research shows over and over and over again is a lot of times people that find themselves in in you know in a sexually abusive uh, past don't have good outcomes in their adult lives. You know what I mean? Because it does stay right. bottled up. They don't get the help they need. They don't open up to anybody. And, and just somehow, some way, that trauma and hurt just gets basically misdirected in another way. Um, and that's why it is so important to make it a conversation and not make it a taboo thing. So mm-hmm. that's great. that Because you also work with PAVE, right? And that's, that's the goal with PAVE, to stop sexual, child sexual abuse, right? Yeah. Yes, I do work with Pave. I've uh, actually uh, got a manager this year, and now we're do- I'm doing much more than Pave now. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm kind of really stepping into this speaking, uh, sexual abuse speaking. Um, what's the right word I'm looking for here? Mm-hmm. Kind of adventure. Okay. Where, where now? Because when I when I came out by my story, I just wanted to help one person. I didn't know what it was going to become. Yeah. Yeah. So so now it becomes, oh, he's a male, he's Hispanic, and he went through this. And like and I'm like, whoa, time out. Like, wh- what did I just step into? And, and <laughs> without without really realizing it, without the, the knowledge of like, yo, this is like a massive deal, not only to just for yourself. Like, I was only thinking at, like about me and just helping one person. Like, I actually stepped into a really big world here where where males are not really considered outspoken right like Mm -hmm. yeah i I was i was literally just at an event a ninja event and one of the parents with their kid like was just right there he's like hey flip i followed your journey yada 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 the kid stepped away like two steps and that parent like grabbed my hand and pulled me close he said thank you for helping me find my voice and i was like like Mm -hmm. you that's just you can't you can't you can't beat that feeling you can't beat you know helping somebody you don't even know you're helping yeah yeah that's huge that's massive mm-hmm. and so like something that you didn't think was going to be like that you know you have the platform from the ninja warrior and then you finally open up and then now you opened up a can of worms where you can help so many people you know 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because as much as I'm helping others, it's actually really helping myself. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't tell, you know, I'm sure you guys know, like life, life is definitely going to smack you and put you down on your face uh, sometimes. And how you learn, uh, you got to learn to get up from those things. And if you don't learn how to get up, then you kind of just stay down and go through life, you know, depressed and upset and etc. And uh, you have to really find ways that'll work or kind of really face your fear and trying to get back up and put yourself back out in the world. Right. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So with our Coco Caliente merchandise, we use ship station. Yes, we do. Um, one of my friends told me about it who owns a boutique and I absolutely love it. So if you're looking to sell anything online, getting your orders out can be a pain, getting them out in a timely manner, knowing what they order. We learn the hard way because <laughs> we try to do it on our own and just go to the post office and try to figure it out through there. But this makes it so much easier and it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. It's just a few clicks and you'll be printing out labels. Um, you get products out fast and you get... So, like, if I went to the post office, it's cheaper to sell it from home, or the postage is cheaper. So, I don't know how that works. I don't know how Say Nicole just like, explained that, but okay, doing it like, here through yeah, ShipStation is cheaper than going to the post office. <laughs> yes, I, I start. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so, also, no matter what you're selling, if you sell Amazon, Etsy, your own website, it brings all the orders into one simple, like, spreadsheet. And that's what's the best thing about that, too. Yeah, you can do it from your cell phone. Um, so they use major carriers such as USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution. That's something I do at home too is I will say I have a scale and I weigh it and it tells me the best, the cheapest way to ship it. Sometimes yeah. if you go to the post office, they're in a hurry and they're just like throw it in this $10 envelope and just like, yeah. it's like, wait, no, I don't want to do that way. Exactly. So it's no wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Right now, Coco Caliente listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the offer code COCO, C-O-C-O. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in COCO. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code COCO. Make ship happen. (laughs) Getting up from failure, I feel like when I was looking at the American American Ninja Warrior stats, that's literally what that is, right? Mm Because it's almost impossible, it seems like, to get through one of those things all the way through. So you literally, you fail, you pick yourself up, you come back next season, you try to do better. You fail, you pick yourself up, you come back again, do it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that has to be the biggest trial right there. Um, I I just, Mm -hmm. I, I can't imagine, right? Yep. Well, here, here's how here's how Ninja Warrior works, which a lot of people don't really understand, is that Ninja Warrior works. Uh, we don't see what what happens, what what the course design is until the day of competition. Okay. So what that means is when we get there, we go through rules, regulations, uh, things you can and cannot do, and then they go, okay, we're going to start running people, and that's it. You only get one shot. I've never tried any of these obstacles before. I've never step foot on that stage like it's literally you you have to just be so good at adapting that it's so easy to metaphorically change that to life yeah, so it's, it's I, I can't mm-hmm. it's, weir- it's weird to me that you don't get to like have a practice run or anything yeah. that you don't even know how like the structure of something feels or when you're jumping like grabbing something that is just amazing to me. And then you're being recorded doing it also. And just like, 
the stress of the situation has to be so overpowering. And and I also, for me, it would also be, is it, okay, can you watch the other competitors, right? So if like mm-hmm. uh, three guys go first, are they at a disadvantage because they went first and they couldn't mm-hmm. even watch anybody else? Right. Technically, yes. So here's a, the way it works. A lot of people also don't know because they're not at the live tapings. Mm-hmm. Um, is all the athletes are confined to an area. Now, majority of the time, that area is not very visible to the course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, most times, they give you a little TV to see what the camera sees, so oh. you can see what the athlete is doing on there. But still, it's not the same as watching it in person as yeah. opposed to watching a TV screen because you right. can't judge how far something is or how powerful you have to do something mm-hmm. or on a on a monitor that's no bigger than what I grew up with, yeah. right? Like those yeah. little those little computer monitors, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's 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 definitely a place where if you don't train hard enough, the course is really going to tell you like, hey, you should probably put more effort into this, <laughs> you know? And and if we all hit it at some point, you know, it's, it all goes back to if you had a good day, what you do to, uh, today, uh, is anybody stressing you out, et cetera. You have to be on your A game all day so you can stay focused on the competition and then you're focused on competition you get there at four or five o'clock in the afternoon and you don't run till three in the morning so it's like wow right so it's is it worse to go first yes for the competition's sake but it's a good for your body if you're more of a hey i run at nine o'clock kind of person yeah do you get to pick three in the morning do you get to oh they pick it's random. Oh. They say it's random. I don't know how they actually do it. <laughs> they say it's random, so we gotta have. We just kind of have to go with it, right? right? So and, they just say, "Hey, your number this," and then whenever your number's up, then cool. If there's no technical difficulties, if you're lucky, then you'll go pretty soon. So okay, so then as all this is happening, how do you? How does one then train for such an event? Mm-hmm. Right? How, how does this? What, what What do you do? You know, yeah. pain. You got to fight pain, right? So here, here's what I've really just noticed. Uh, I started coaching Ninja Warrior this year, or I'm sorry, last year. And what I've noticed is typically the people that go the furthest in Ninja Warrior mm-hmm. are the ones that are willing to deal with more pain, okay. right? And the reason why I say that is because if no matter how hard you train, if Ninja Warrior decides to make this course impossible, somebody's going to get the furthest, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So why can it, why can it be me? So the way that works is when you're on a course and you're holding on to something and you, you have to fight, you're just inches away, that pain that strikes into your forearm, your bicep, your shoulders, your whole arm, your whole body, and then your mentality on top of that mm-hmm. that's just telling you to let go, it's who can push past that point first or the fur- who can push past that point the furthest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you could, be, you could be the strongest ninja, but if I challenge you to what I like to call uh, knockout mm-hmm. is where who can hold off a lock off the longest, for example, it's really just me versus you. And then who can endure the most pain the longest? Okay. So when you're, so when you're training, you try to put yourself in like a, a very, I guess, train to the point where you're in that state. So once you get in that yep. state in real life in a competition, you're like, oh, I've been here before. I can, I can get exactly. past it. It's not a big deal. So it kind of seems exactly. more of like like a mentally you're training yourself a lot mentally. Yes, yes, I've uh, I've been definitely training myself mentally. I think physically, 
uh, a lot of the competitors on the show mm. are could definitely do Ninja Warrior. Yeah. If you take away the cameras, you take away the crowd, and it's just an average day. Yeah. But you put a time slot in, hey, you have to go number 20, and then uh, you're, you're dealing with the weather, you're dealing with waiting six hours, you're dealing with cameras, you're dealing with crowd, you're, you're dealing with the, mm-hmm. the fans that are wanting to take photos with you, sign all this, and you have to play nice because, you know, we're all human beings at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you're trying to focus on Ninja Warrior, but then you got in a fight with your girlfriend, and then your mom was telling you to do this. And <laughs> yeah. you, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's very easy to not be on your A game for for those kind of for those kind of competitions where mental mentally you have to be able to psych yourself out to go nothing else matters mm-hmm. literally nothing matters right now besides this competition so i have to do whatever i have to do to make sure i'm in the mind state where i can do my very best at this competition and that just goes back to having the right people around you and do you, do you have like a special like routine that you do before you go on you know what's very funny about that <clears throat> growing up uh, I was growing up with Ninja Warrior. My first few seasons, I had a routine I thought was solid. I put my music on. It was very <laughs> aggressive music, and I didn't speak. I didn't speak a word to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went out there and I crushed it. That same method doesn't work for me today. Okay. So I, I kind of have to. Uh, um, right now, I'm at. A, I'm still really figuring out 100. percent But the method that I found so far that works is I have to keep my competition days and my my regular days the same. I can't listen to more motivational stuff on my competition day because it throws my, 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 uh, my mentality and my sensor off. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to do more. It makes me more nervous or it makes me anxious, uh, depending on, on what I'm thinking about, Mm -hmm. but I have to keep it just an average day. Cause I, I train 364 days out of the year for this one day and I have to not make that one day so special. Because that's when all the nerves, anxiety, the stress, all the weight on your shoulders come about because everyone expects Flip Rodriguez to be the fastest and the best because that's what he's shown in the previous uh, seasons. And what's crazy is, like you said, it's one day, so you could spend the whole year training and then you realize, okay, this wasn't the right routine. Now I have a whole nother year to, like, try another routine. (laughs) It's a lot of, like, it's a lot of waiting. Wow. It is, but you know what's good now is the community, the ninja community is so massive now that there's so many competitions that you could start dabbling in it. Even though those comp- competitions aren't to the magnitude of American Ninja Warrior, but mm-hmm. you could still start playing with it, right? Because the competition is a competition if you're a competitor. You yeah. want to win it all. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't want to win just Ninja Warrior, right? So uh, you're, you're literally figuring it out with all these small competitions and you get to go out uh, and talk to, you know, if you're like myself or a Drew Dressel or, you know, Joe Morowski, when you go to these ninja competitions, people go, oh, that's Flip, oh, that's Drew, oh, that's Joe. And then mm-hmm. they come up, sign, and want pictures, which is all cool, but at the same time, you're there for competition. So it kind of mirrors Ninja Warrior, just not to the magnitude of it. So you get the same kind of feeling, okay. and you figure out your formula, you compete, and then you get to us. Uh, stay and hang out and watch everybody else oh that's good yeah so it's kind of like a practice in a, in a way like you can right. get that mindset and everything right so the more you compete in these little competitions the yeah. better off you'll be on the big stage because you get as long as your mentality relates both of them right yeah some people might go oh no i can't that's way different like this was just in a small gym this is on big stage and in, in universal backlog mm-hmm. and then you're like well, hold on, time out. Let's really, let's really like calibrate this. Like, 
it's just obstacle course and an obstacle course. There's people here watching, there's people there watching. People have their phone cameras out here. They just have bigger cameras on uh, on Ninja Warrior. So it, it's really kind of the same. Mm-hmm. It's just you're probably waiting a lot longer on Ninja Warrior <laughs> to take your shot at the chorus, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And so for somebody like you, obviously now you, you do a lot of stuff outside of Ninja Warrior and you're mm-hmm. stuntman as well. And so that, that can sustain uh, income while you're doing you know these shows. When yes. you when you first started, and I think you first started back in 2013, is that? I started what? Uh, Ninja Warrior. When did Ninja Warrior actually? Yep. Okay, yeah, so season, two- America, uh, season three. Okay. So when that started, what were you doing uh, for income at that time, or had you already started doing uh, the stuntman work? Uh, I had two jobs doing that. I was not doing stunts, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but I was working in a flower industry. Um, you were know, you like a botanist? <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, more wholesale. Okay, okay. So I was, I was a buyer. I was a seller. I was in the warehouse. You know, I was data entry. I literally did everything from the bottom up in the company. Mm-hmm. And then I also was a parkour and free running coach. So my time would be from eight to like three in the afternoon, if I remember correctly, uh, at the flower industry. And then I would coach from like four to eight. Oh, wow. that's crazy. And so that's what I mean. Like somebody, and especially you guys, in the early stages of all this, you really had a hustle to be able to do what you loved, right? It's not like, oh, this is a full-time job right now for me. I can do stuntman, Hollywood stuff, get paid for it, and do Ninja Warrior, and it doesn't, like, envelop just every second of my day, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, it's hard because especially with stunts, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been on a movie set, but for us personally, uh, we always have to be on call and ready to go. Oh. Right? So uh we're on set 14 15 16 12 hour days right depending on on what's going on in that specific time uh but anywhere from 12 to 16 hour days and then i have to go you know what i have to go train yeah or i have to go before so typically if it's day shoot we, we have to be there at 5 30 in the morning five in the morning so that means i have to be up by 2 30 to be at the gym by three so i can get my hour or hour and a half in a training so and then that way I can be on set on time. That's crazy. And so because I was watching, I was looking on your Instagram and mm-hmm. that the, one of the last things that you posted for like stuntman work, it was like an explosion. And I was like, that's a legit yep. explosion. Like three guys are being exploded and like up into the air and like doing a flip to yep. get out of it essentially. Like how yeah, – the- how does stuff like that work? Like, how do you, are you not scared of getting injured or is there, you know, the like perfect way to go up and then fall? And like, how does that, you know, um, that also comes with training, right? Keeping the people around you. Actually that video specific video you're talking about, my best friend slides inside the video as well. Uh, he's right next to me being exploded as well. But, um, <laughs> having people around you that you really trust, man, like, cause like stunts is, stunts is a serious job. Like mm-hmm. I don't think people understand how the, the risk that we put ourselves through, to just give you guys two minutes worth of action. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's like two, three, wor- three, two or three weeks of action that we put our bodies through for your two minutes of enjoyment. <laughs> wow. Like seriously, like I'm not I'm like very I'm not underappreciated. Very yeah. underappreciated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so with that, like I'm not for me personally, I'm not your average stunt guy. I'm not I'm not going to just work with any stunt canadier. Like I have to trust you. Not only have to trust you, I have to trust my life in your hands because you guys are the ones essentially setting up these these uh life-threatening stunts you know everything's obviously in the safest way possible but still anything can go wrong mm-hmm. right uh, for example i was working on bad boys 3 and i had to get hit by a truck inside a chop shop that truck barely fit in the chop shop 
So falling right. to the side of it in and of itself was dangerous because if you don't clear it, you're going to get hit. Well, no, I had to get hit. Oh yeah, I, oh, I saw that video. Truck. That yeah, video was on the that. that video yeah. was on your Instagram too. But I'm saying like falling to right. the side of the truck, like that could have been yeah, what, really what bad. What was your worry? Yeah, what was the worry? I mean, obviously getting hit by a truck, I have a lot of worries. But you being a stunt man, what were you like worried about, about in that scene yeah. specifically? Well, so there's so many variables that can happen. So my concern is the driver mostly. Because if that driver decides to press the gas as I'm about to get hit, I'm not only going to get hit harder, but it's going to change my trajectory of what I previously planned in the moment of his speed. Okay. Right? So if you watch that video, it looks like I hit something with my back after I got hit by the truck. That's another vehicle. If he decided to increase his speed at the last second, I potentially could have been on top of that vehicle if not hitting one of the pillars because it, it made me go farther out. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> right? And then also I got to think when, I, when I'm about to hit the ground, I got to keep my hands and feet closer to me so I don't get ran over by the truck. Dang. Yeah. And so when, when how, what, what's the craziest stunt that you've had to do? Like what's the most bizarre one where you're like, man, you know what? I don't know if I want to do that one, but you're like, let's go, let's go for it. Or as there, <laughs> you know. Um, that's a great question. I really, personally, I think that's a, a personal question. Uh, in a sense, because like what's crazy to me may not be crazy to you. Okay. And vice versa. Fair enough. Um, so for me, I, I, if I would have to pick one of the most dangerous stunts would have to be that truck hit because mm-hmm. it was just so many variables. Like put it this way. One of the takes, this truck was coming around the corner and it's a very tight corner. All right. He was coming through and I'm like hyping myself up right before I get hit. Right. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm hyping. I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm about to get hit by a truck and I know it's going to suck, but I got to do it anyways. And boom and he crashes into a wall so oh. now cut reset so oh. now what happens oh my is gosh. right what happens is my adrenaline is rushing and now i have to slow it down because we're not ready now it takes 15 minutes to reset this truck and and fix the cameras and make sure uh the cameras are ready etc and now i have to get ready again well right? and then so how does for, it not mess up your mind like this guy just ran into the yeah, wall like, uh, <laughs> it does it does it, it plays that's what i'm saying there's so many variables so like to me that specific scene was not only probably one of my most proudest moments but one of the more dangerous spots i've been in personally because anything could go wrong that i have no control of yeah do they usually make you do a couple takes of like a stunt or once they see yes. one really good one they're fine you have to do it a couple uh, times. I'll, it really depends. Uh, I've done. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Mr. Mercedes. It's a Stephen King novel. I will now. They made it into. <laughs> a, <laughs> they made it into a TV series. Um, so the the pilot of that TV series, the opening scenes of that, uh, the Mercedes. I actually got hit probably like tw- anywhere between thirty and ter- twenty and thirty times. Oh, oh. wow! <laughs> yeah, so and then. And then changing angles, doing it like this, and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just comes with the territory. So you really have to be built. And But what I love most about stunts is stunts will tell you what kind of person you are. If you if they say, hey, listen, Flip, we're going to hire you, we're going to put you in this spot, and you say, okay, because you're home and you feel safe, that's one thing. But when you get to set and they go, okay, Flip, you ready? Yes. And then you hear three, two, one, action, this truck's coming at you now, your job is you're supposed to go, but if you get so scared that you decide not to go, that tells you who you are as an individual. Maybe you're just not cut out for that kind of scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe that's not your kind of lifestyle where you take risks and you do these things that people believe is bizarre. 
Yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd be like, um, no, thank you. I, I just, I don't know. I'd be too scared. <laughs> yeah, and for me, that that is that is the most amazing feeling right there is to be scared and do it anyways, uh, <laughs> because your mental game has to be so strong to go. All right, flip. Good job. You just got by the truck. Guess what? We got to go again. Mm-hmm. And now, not only not only do you know what a feel it feels like to get hit by a truck, you got to do it again. How yeah. did you so How it, did you start to get into like? When did you want to start doing stunts? Uh, in 2011, I did my first uh, stunt gig. Uh, Sly Lewis is a really big stunt man in mm-hmm. this industry. Uh, so in my uh, in Miami, we did what was called Step Up Revolution. Uh, that was shot in Florida, and it was requiring a lot of parkour and free-running athletes. Oh, so okay. naturally, he was like, hey, listen, you guys are all a team. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you guys' name in for this spot, and then we're going to get you guys in. So he put us in. We started doing shooting, all of it, and I was like, oh, this is like, I get to do all this stuff with permission? Okay, <laughs> bet. I, I would love, I would love to do this, uh-huh. you know? And then... You kind of start meeting people, you start training, you start putting yourself in these positions where you could succeed. And, you know, it just one job after another, you know, it wasn't fast, but I got there, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was, I was getting maybe one job a year, maybe Mm -hmm. when I first started. And then it just kind of started snowballing its way down uh, to where I started consistently working. So it's, it's something that I'm honored and blessed to have in my life. Because it always keeps my mind sharp. Yeah. And what a, what an amazing job to have, essentially. I mean, that, that's the dream, right? Doing what you love. And like you said, you get to do that for a living. So do you, do you live in L.A. now or are you still in Florida? I'm in L.A. right now. I'm actually moving to Florida, but my date is undetermined at the moment. I'm actually going to pursue what I'm more passionate about is coaching uh, Ninja Warrior. Oh, okay. okay. See, and and just having the ability to do that, right? Like you were living in L.A. just doing all the stunt stuff all the time. And now you're like, you know what? Now, next chapter. Like Mm -hmm. it's that's such an honor to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I think that's I'm going to open up. Yeah, I'm going to open up my own gym in Florida. Um with my buddy drew dressel and then uh at the same time i'm gonna really dive into this speaking uh, passion that i'm starting to fall into because um, believe it or not i'm more nervous speaking than i am on stunts <laughs> isn't that funny how that works mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I like it literally like it drives me crazy because i'm like on stage i'm nervous i'm mumbling I get really hot. I don't know if you guys get hot when you're nervous. Yeah, sweating. But I do. Yes. Yeah. Not only sweating, but your ears feel like the cartoons when they get really red and the smoke comes out. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm not even lying to you. I could be literally cold right before I step on stage. And the moment I'm on stage, I am sweating. Yeah, for me, it's and scary sh- too. Public speaking is... But hey, you like to put yourself in those situations and then conquer them. So this sounds like a great, feel, right. like a great uh, new journey for you. Yep, and that's that's the whole reason why I'm uh, another reason why I'm taking it is because like we're all human, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you don't learn to put yourself in these situations, you're never really going to grow. And that's a message in itself that I believe mm-hmm. uh, people should should learn and hear about. Um, so as long as I'm authentic, I'm really real to people, and I'm, I'm looking to give these people some kind of like viable advice on things where. 
listen, you have to do these kind of things to be better and to grow as an individual. Like, don't mm-hmm. take it just from me. That's just how I live my life. Mm-hmm. But just try, just try one thing where you're really nervous to do something. Just go try it. You never know what's going to happen. And it, it just might be your thing, you know? Super true. Absolutely. And, and are, you, are you currently, you're currently working on a book right now too. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. I'm working on my, my first book, which I didn't even imagine could be possible. Um, you know, I've always lived by this quote, get comfortable being uncomfortable over the last few years. Yep. And, um, that's probably going to be potentially the name of my book. Uh, it's maybe, it's just, it's really, it's really more of a story. It's going to get really in depth in my story and my sexual trauma and how I, how I dealt with it. You know, I don't think there's a blueprint in life to do things the right or wrong way. I don't think you can tell somebody how to deal with their stress, their anxiety, their, their trauma in a specific order because everybody's just different. We're all wired differently. Absolutely. You know, where most people like therapy. I just, I was a hundred percent against it. Not only growing up, I was against it more because of my own sanity because I'm a man. Right. And as men, we have to be strong. We have to be these tough guys, you know, and that's kind of like the mentality that I grew up with uh, or was taught to me. Yeah. And uh, that's probably not a hundred percent true. And for me, growing up through those steps, I kind of had to learn how to handle my life and all these situations and how to become better. And you have to want to be better and you have to find role models. Like my biggest thing is when people are like really down or or depressed or they see life and they don't really see much of it, Mm -hmm. really, that you have to find a role model. And for me, Will Smith was the biggest role model for me growing up, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, he's uh, awesome. I watched all his interviews. I watched every like his interviews on laying the brick down as perfectly as possible. You just lay one brick down and then the next one, and eventually you have a wall. Um, if you're not making someone else's life better, you're wasting your time, et cetera. I can literally go down <laughs> a whole list of things <laughs> that I've learned from him, and I've never met him at that point. Like growing up, I never met him. Obviously, I met him on Bad Boys 3, which was a whole oh, so other cool. experience. That is, I was uh, going to ask you, like, who's the coolest person you met? There you go. <laughs> that, oh, oh, listen, I will 100% tell you a quick story about that. But it's, it's, it's those things that people don't realize that impact you so much. Like, you have to find somebody you idolize and you, and you, and you role model because when you're at your lowest, you have to find somebody that's at their highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And you have to, and you have to model them and, and why do you model them is the most important question, right? So uh, as long as you find good influences in your life and you truly believe what their, what their message is, just know, to your best of your ability, try to follow them and try to live your life happy uh, in, the, in the way that they're, they're trying to show you how life should be, right? So mm-hmm. meeting him on Bad Boys 3 was the best moment in my life. Oh, right? that's awesome. I, I was... I was on Bad Boys 3 before before I even realized I was hearing a voice that I that was like a household voice to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I I once I started following him on YouTube and all his uh uh inner uh his videos on interviews and stuff, mm-hmm. I started watching Fresh Prince naturally. Yeah. And then I fell asleep I fell asleep watching Fresh Prince every night. Like I could I could probably still give you all the lines to this day to each episode. <laughs> oh, from wow. how much from how much I watched it, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and his voice was it was like hearing your parents. 
when you hear your parents' voice, you're like, oh, you feel comfortable. Yeah. So on set, I had this the strangest comfortable feeling I've ever had on set. Wow. With somebody I've never met. So then um, my best friend, Sly Lewis, was also a stuntman in the movie. He said uh, he was on the movie from beginning to end. So he got to know Will a little bit better than I did. Yeah. Um, but he's like, yo, Will, like, listen, this this kid is on set. He's a stunt guy. This is what he does. You're not his idol. You're like his life mentor without you even realizing it. Right? Like, I need you to, if possible, to spend five minutes, have a conversation. Just let him tell you his story. Mind you, he never told me that Will was coming to me. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I had, I had I had no idea. So I'm I'm on set in that chop shop, and all of a sudden Will makes eye contact with me, and he walks towards my direction. I'm like, oh. I was like, no <laughs> way, right? Like, <laughs> like this, like that, that, like what's crazy is I got into a state. You ever seen a dog when they do something bad, they tuck their tail in and they kind of like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their head? <laughs> they know that's what's exactly, up. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt when he was coming. Cause like, it was almost like the biggest thing in the world is coming towards me right now. Yeah. Right. And, and he was like, yo, Flip, how are you, man? Like my name's Will. Like, yo, I hear this. I hear this. How you doing, man? What's going on? I was like, uh, 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 like literally speechless, right? Yeah. I was like, yo. And then like after like a second, I was like, oh, I got to seize the moment. So I was like, hey, well, man, listen, I just first like true to God, like from man to man, I appreciate everything you do. I, this, this, this. And then of course, tears come out. I'm crying. And then, oh. you know, he's like, yeah, man, like, oh, I appreciate that. Yada, yada. And then he said, yo, why are you sorry? I said, listen, Matt, like you don't understand the value that you've brought into my life and how much I, I live and idolize through you, through how I believe you see life mm-hmm. and all this. Like I, I am now on a journey where I'm helping other people simply because you helped me without even realizing you helped me. Wow. That's crazy. And then he was, he was like, yo, this is the craziest story. Like, wow, like this is crazy. Like I appreciate you. But not only just meeting him as an individual, like mm-hmm. after that conversation, Every time he saw me on set, no matter where I was, even if it weren't on set, we're in the in the Bad Boys Three gym working out or whatever. Uh-huh. No matter where I was, this Will would spot me and one hundred percent make his way all the way to me across the gym and say, "Yo, Flip, how you doing? You all right? You good? All right, cool, baby. Keep doing your thing." And then oh, that's awesome. Always made so f- things like that go like, "Damn, bro! Like that's what life's about. Like it's helping other people and and, and through their time of need, like." Even if you don't know it, there's eyes on you, like looking to you for inspiration and how you live life. And I truly, just truly believe that we're nothing in this world unless we help people. That is awesome. That is such a cool, like, like complete circle yeah. of life. <laughs> like you will get to hang out with Will Smith, your idol, on a set of a movie, and then he comes up to you every single time he sees you, like. Holy cow. And I bet you in your mind, you're going through like, he, he, he has so many other things that he could be doing right yeah. now, right? <laughs> Such course. a busy guy and he's making that effort just, and like you said, it, it could be nothing, right? Some people could see that as nothing, but that's a big deal. And that means something, oh, yeah, that's a big deal. you know, that, that that's sure. awesome. That is yeah. so awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. You know, like my, uh, Sly Lewis is now working with him right now on a movie. And will ask Sly like, "Yo, how's Flip doing?" Aww. Like, oh, wow. just like, just think about the magnitude of of that process. Like, he's like, "Yo, this dude's cra- story is crazy." Like, 
I got to let me check in on him now that I have the opportunity to meet. He might not go 100% out of his way. Yeah, absolutely. I don't expect I don't expect anybody to do right. Like that's that's a little bit much. But he's like, yo, this is Sly, Sly, flip. All right, Sly, how's he doing? Exactly. And then he's like, yo, he that dude's the craziest story, man. Like I'll never forget him and yada yada yada. It's like, yo, like those are the impacts that you got mm-hmm. that make people's lives. Like when you come from a story of what I have from being sexually abused, and then for to have a thought of suicide to now the person that helped you through it all without knowing he's helping you cares enough to ask about you. You're like, mm-hmm. you're like a hundred percent satisfied. You're like, yo, I did, I did the right thing. Yeah. I, I chose, I chose the right person. And now I can live my life through him, not through him, but through myself now through my own path where I could do the same. Essentially I could do the same for somebody else. For sure. Maybe to not to the magnitude of a Will Smith, but I can touch a million lives before I die. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's amazing. Super That's a cool inspiring. story. Inspiring. Yeah. Are, yeah. are you going to include that story in your book? You have to. Oh, yeah. 100%. I was going to say, I'm, that's I'm, like I'm, such a good story. That, uh, right at the end. Right at the end there. <laughs> Make it a full circle. Uh. Yeah. There'll be an introduction where I thank the people that have been very beneficial to my life and mm-hmm. been always there for me. And he's going to be one of them. Uh, ideally, I'd, I'd send him a copy yeah. of it, you know, and if he has a chance to read it or does or doesn't, you know, whatever it may be. But, you know, it's just things like that that for me personally, like you're constantly growing and you're you're constantly trying to mm-hmm. find the, your next why. Like for me, seven years ago, it wasn't the same reason why I wake up in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Right? So I, you always got to find your why and my why is constantly changing. And, you know, I think the next thing of my life and my journey is to help people not through Ninja Warrior per se, but through my own voice, even though. I may not always be as comfortable as I am on stage of Ninja Warrior as I am on the public speaking stage. And I'll stumble my words. I might even mess up. I might even get booed. But if one person <laughs> takes from it, you know what I mean? That's then all. It's yeah. really it's really worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm going to go out on a whim here and say mm-hmm. you're Hispanic. <laughs> Rodriguez. 100 <laughs> percent. From where? Uh, well, I was born in South Florida, in Miami. Mm-hmm. And my parents are Dominican, Puerto Rican, but my my one of my grandparents is Cuban. So I basically got the tropical island right there. Hey. Everything besides Jamaica. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Because so, I'm yeah. yo, yo soy Boricua, right? So I'm from Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. My See? mom and dad both from Puerto hey. Rico. Yo nací, hey. yeah, 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 yeah. And then, so actually, my best friends uh, in college, it was me from Puerto Rico, El Cubano, right? Uh, uh-huh. Jorge, and then the Dominican, yeah. which was uh, Marino, right? So mm-hmm. they, they called mm-hmm. us the trio Los Isleños. <laughs> um, there you go. Exactly. So I want to have you join in on our Spanish word of the day. Oh, geez. Okay. okay. So, and I'm going to okay. let you pick the word, right? So just, so <laughs> this is what we do. I always pick a word in Spanish and it could be anything, right? Anything okay. that we talked about or whatever. And you give the word to Nicole and she's going to guess what the word is. Wow. I'm really on the spot here. Are you... Sometimes I get oh, it right. Oh, Mostly okay, I get okay. it wrong. Don't do it too hard. Oh, oh no, no, no. Okay. Uh, let me, no, hold on. Let me think. This is, it's got to be a good one. It can't just be a, uh, just any old word. Let me think. Let me think here. Um, You're welcome, baby. Oh, yes. man. That's, that's a good one. Hold on. Uh, this is funny. Uh, that, would be, that would be a little bit too easy mm-hmm. if I went with that one. 
<laughs> See, yes, I have. He's taken... understanding. He's understanding the difficulty yeah, that Victor, I have on my Victor end. Victor has a hard yeah. time sometimes choosing a word because I don't want to make it too hard, but I don't want to make it too easy. And then sometimes I just right. say, you know, forget it. Let's the let's see what happens. The ones that you think are easy are probably not easy at all. <laughs> that's a, that's also true. Um... I know water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's never done this before. So. No, this I, is, this I've, I've, I've personally never done it before, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to get one that's meaningful, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, how about... Um, okay, that's good. Here we go. It's just one word, right? Just one word. Yep. Ah, all right, all right. So I can't do that you one. Can do, you, can do uh, a, you can do a phrase. I mean, yeah. No, want. no, no. We'll, 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 stick, we'll stick to one word. Okay. That's how you do it. We'll stick to one word. Uh, <laughs> All right, this let I, I I'm gonna throw you a bone here. Um, oh gosh, I probably still get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you'll be all right. Vida. Oh, that's a good Wait, one. Wait, can you say it again? <laughs> Vida. 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 V i a. Isn't there a thing called pura vida? Does it have to do with that, like life? Yes. Wait, really? Hey, yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So what you were saying, you were saying That's pura vida. So that means pure life. Okay. Because I remember, yeah. I've seen that before. So that, think, yeah, that helped me. Yeah. I like that yeah. one. That's good. That was a good one. Yeah. I am impressed, Nicole. You really, you <laughs> yeah. really shine. And, and thank you. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Flip. That, yeah, that was a great you, word Flip. to pick. That was well, a- thank you guys for letting me choose a word. I mean, it was difficult for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a little taste of yeah. what I, what I go through every week and just picking one word. But our listeners love that because they, they feel like they're learning, you know, Spanish words words every time so it's really cool right. That's um awesome. but anyway we we thank you so much for for being on the show with us today uh you're such an inspiration just yes. tell our listeners here where they can find you where they can follow you on social media mm-hmm. um and and yeah yeah you guys can follow me on social media um young flip seven it's generally all my social media stuff i don't really i don't have twitter anymore so okay. I, it's really facebook and instagram only for me Mostly Instagram. You want to reach me? Instagram would be the way for sure. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Young Flip 7. Everybody heard it here. Thank you so much for spending uh, this so afternoon much. with us. It was us. so much fun, and I'm so excited to see what you do next. Yes, we'll, we'll be on the Thank watch. You guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, I hope you guys have more success than you guys could ever imagine. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Wow. What I a, loved that conversation. I know. And what an inspiration, right? Yeah. Just to just to come from like, oh, I like to run around and jump and use mm-hmm. my energy. And then next thing you know, it like snowballs into what it's a career now. Now he's helping so many people. Helping like, so many people. Going to be opening a gym. Going to be helping people become. Writing a book. Yeah. Like it, it's what, a, yeah, just what an inspirational guy. Um, was an honor to have him on the show. That, that was a lot of and fun. And it's, it's really Okay, so when you see somebody on American Ninja Warrior, you kind of don't know what their personality is. You don't know. You don't mm-hmm. know a lot about them. You just know Absolutely. they're like tough and they can do like all these tricks and stuff. Yeah. But to hear him and like he was, I love talking to him because he had such a personality. Yeah. He was like, I don't know. I just feel like we could hang out with him and he could be one of our friends. Yeah, for added sure. a lot of depth. I mean, I hope people mm-hmm. listen to this that watch Ninja Warrior. So when next time they see him, they're like, wow, he has a heck of a story and he's a fun, cool guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, he did our Spanish word of the day. So good job, baby. You got that one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was fun. And now, Nicole, what do you got for us for Weird or Normal? Okay, is how about swallowing your gum? Oh, that's very normal. 
No, it's not. What? Why would anybody swallow their gum, though? What do you mean? I swallow my gum all the time. No, you don't. I, I've never I, seen you do that. That's disgusting. I, I literally just, I swallow my gum all the time. I don't spit it out. No, you don't. I feel like it's your body. Do you swear? I swear. I swear. I never see you swallow your gum, but if I did, I'd be, I thought we were both going to be on the side of like, that's super weird. I, why is that super weird? Because why would you swallow? Like, I know it's not a real thing that it stays in your body for seven years, <laughs> but why would you swallow gum when you can just like spit it in the trash? Because not, I don't know. It could get stuck in your throat. It's not like It can food. get stuck in your throat. It's not food. Your body decomposes it and breaks it down anyway. It's just like why? anything else. No, it's not like anything else. You know why? You know why I swallow my gum? This is. You you just got me on a tirade. Because okay. you, you see people put it underneath desks. Oh, my God. Underneath desks, even worse, on the sidewalks. Have you walked in a, in a busy street in, like, New York or California or something, and you see those black spots all over the place? That's gum. Okay. That's somebody that so spit so- out their gum, and everybody's been walking on it for the last three years, and now <laughs> it's just ingrained on the side. They okay. pay people. Time out. They pay people. In like in front of big nice buildings I know, to, get to go off. get gum. Okay, off so the- this is my point. If oh. it's sticking around for three years on a sidewalk with all of the turmoil and the feet, the weather, do you know that is not good for your body? Well, that so it goes into my stomach. Mm-hmm. My stomach acids break it. So the acids that we have in our stomach can cut through this table. Did you know that? I think that's a little exaggerant. No, I'm being dead serious. I mean, somebody can fact check me on that, but I am almost positive that it can break down pretty much anything. And if it wasn't for the lining of our stomach, it would br- yeah, it would I just cut that. through all our intestines. Like, well, yes. it can break down stuff like that, no problem. Do we have that in the real world on a normal I basis? I just don't think you're supposed to swallow your gum. It does not say like it chew, does not say chew and, chew and, swallow. and don't swallow. The, the same way it, said, it doesn't say uh, directions: chew and spit out. And it doesn't also say advisory. Oh my gosh! I did not know you swallow your gum. I feel differently about you. Are you joking right now? Are you? Is that? Is that? Is that? You've hit it for me really well. You don't chew gum off. I don't chew gum because I can't like breathe when I chew. When I chew gum, you're like, why are you chewing your gum like that? You're chewing angry, and I'm like, I'm just chewing. Yeah, he does. She's like, ever since you became a cop, you chew your gum like a cop, and it's like Like he's so cool. Like you can tell somehow someone is just by how they chew gum. Oh my god! He's like. You're ridiculous. That is that, that was the most like I remember when she said that to me the first time I was like, "What are you talking? I'm chewing my gum like a normal person." <laughs> no, you do not chew gum like a normal person. How do I not chew? I put it on one side of my mouth and I chew. Sometimes he with chews my mouth open. like he's on a mission to or like chase someone down or something. <laughs> oh my god. It is weird. Do you hear yourself? Are you are you hearing yourself? You guys, right you do not swallow your gum, do you? Yes, like, you do. Come on. That's okay, just we're gonna not... put a poll on so I mean after... I was like fourteen before I learned how to swallow an ibuprofen. Like I am not about to start swallowing my gum at twenty seven and I choke and die on swallowing my gum. Okay. Well I'm just saying I swallow my gum and I don't think that's weird. So what we're oh. going to do is whenever the whenever this podcast comes out, we're going to put a poll Next on week. the Coco Caliente page and you're going to say, but you, okay, so this is also a problem when Nicole does the polls, right? She sways the phrasing to make it sound like what I'm doing is negative. No, so I'll just if, put swallowing gum, swallow gum, spit gum out. No, no, just swallow gum. Yes, no. That's all you got to do. Swallow gum. Yes, no. Or because Nicole will say, is it weird and nasty to swallow <laughs> your gum? It is. 
And is it weird, nasty, and unhealthy to swallow your gum? And you're going to write yes. And obviously, if you phrase it like that, most people are going to say yes. So, anyway. no, people are honest with it. I'm gonna You're like, going to definitely lose this one. Nicole, well, people are wrong. All the people who put their gum all over the streets have proven that they don't swallow their gum. And those are all very irresponsible Yeah, you people. shouldn't litter. Like, if you're going to litter or swallow I can't it, tell you the nastiest feeling, and I don't even touch handrails anymore, but the nastiest feeling is touching a handrail or putting your hand under a desk and feeling somebody's old piece of gum. Would you ever, for $100,000... If I took you outside right now and made you scrape off a piece of gum and chew it, would you do it? For $100,000. For $100,000. Uh, I probably Non-taxable. would, but I would probably you throw would? up. Okay. I would probably throw up after, uh, during. Ugh. Oh, my God. That's so nasty. Just thinking about it. I remember I told Nicole the other day, I was like, babe, for. He doesn't talk. By the way, the other day, he doesn't go like up to me like he talks all seductive on the podcast. <laughs> Babe. He doesn't do that. It's more like, babe, hey. Like, no, so babe. You listen, don't do that. What if there was a bowl of soup? This is what I told okay, her. No, this, this is what I told her. This the makes other day. me. And this is. This, gag. This. <laughs> Sounds like, babe. This was like a couple weeks ago. Let's say you're, you, you know, you got a bowl of tortilla soup. And I'm already going to gag. <laughs> if I paid you, you know, you got, a know. Bowl, you got a bowl of tortilla soup and then you go and you take a fork, not even a spoon, but you take a fork and you dip it in the soup and you pull it up and you start pulling a hair and that hair is attached to a bunch of hairs. Stop. And you're slowly pulling it up and and it's just all... Stop it. You know what? If you (laughs) She's literally tearing right now. She's about to throw I have the weakest stomach. I need to quit visualizing this. (laughs) I would rather chop my pinky off with a butter butter knife (laughs) than eat a bowl of soup of hair. Just it's not even eating that bowl of soup is it's because I can just picture Stop. like all the soup okay, attached okay, okay. to that hair. All right, thank you all so much. <laughs> oh, we gotta do reviews. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Now with you that. just made everyone vomit in their car. <laughs> yeah. The only way if you don't visualize it, it's not bad. But once you start visualizing oh, it, I can it, visualize it's, it. It's very horrible. So yes, we're gonna go and read our reviews because we love you guys so much. We appreciate everything you do for us. Without you, there is no us. So I'm gonna take it away with the review. This is called The Best, with a bunch of exclamation points, five stars. Absolutely love listening to this podcast. I've been a fan of Nicole's since BB16. I love, this, I love that through everything, she remains the same quirky Midwest small town girl we met in the beginning. Aww. I love that they cover topics in life, not just reality TV. And I mm-hmm. love the playful nature between Nick and Vic and wish them all the happiness in the world that's so sweet thank you so much nick lynn thank you yeah that that was was really nice really really sweet of you and uh yeah we we do our best over here to really be he's sitting here i'm trying to make me vomit (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm sorry babe i'm just saying it's just one of those things that she thing is nicole will come up with these random things and all the time, and just be like, "Oh, would you? Oh, would you I, do I this? ask him, would you would rather? You do that? Blah 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 blah. I mean, it, it's just pretty crazy. It's hilarious. All right, Nicole, okay. take it away. Mine's five stars. Called they have me hooked. I have been on board with this podcast since Nicole first posted about it on Instagram and was super excited. I watched her on her first season of Big Brother and instantly related her bub- related to her bubbly personality. I watched her again on the second season and just wanted to get to know her even more." I like that she's more private and not into putting everything out on the social media and how she craves human contact over technology. Yes, I definitely do. <laughs> you understand me because I am the same way. 
I think her relationship with Victor from what we've seen and heard is beautiful and they really inspire me. I am so excited for this podcast and cannot wait for what else to come. Uh, that is from Nathalie. How do I say that? I don't know. Elise? I can't really see from. Uh, Nathalie, yeah. Nathalie Elise. That was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that was really sweet. Um, and that was way back. That's an old one. That's, that's a nice. One. That's nice. I hope mm-hmm. they still feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way is on the little purple app on your iPhone, Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. You can listen there and you can check out our merchandise. Don't forget to follow us at cococaliente. At Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter and at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram. And have you guys checked out Victor's new teeth? If not, ch- check out my latest Instagram post. Well, it wouldn't be the latest now. It'd be like... How a, do you know? A few ago. A few ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.